no matter if it's division one, two, three, junior college, you name it. But can you take coaching? Welcome to Hoop Nerds with Billy Kegler, presented by the Wisconsin Basketball Coaches Association. We talk to coaches, athletes, and more to learn from their stories and apply learning lessons to improve each individual and stimulate growth for your program, team, staff, and self. Follow along as we explore success and failure in route to improving the game of basketball. Before we jump in today, I just want to give a quick shout out to my friends at Dr. Dish Basketball. I've been associated with their products for a few years now, and I'm really impressed by their innovative and user-friendly shooting machines. They also are great people with tremendous customer service. It's no wonder why they have become the preferred choice among top programs around the country and world. I'm very grateful for their support of the show. Make sure to check them out at drdishbasketball.com and at drdishbball on social media. Be sure to mention WBCA when ordering your next Dr. Dish to save an extra $300 off any commercial purchase. Coach Ryan, welcome to the Hoop Nerds. Thanks for having me on. My pleasure. Well, let's rewind, go back in time. Tell me about the first time you coached something and a memory that sticks with you from it. Uh, the first time I coached something, if we want to go way, way back, it was probably when I was at Westview Elementary School in Platteville, Wisconsin. Uh, I used to organize the, um, the basketball games and the baseball and football games outside at recess. So I guess you could say that it's innate and I just, it's in my blood and, and I just, I wanted to put the best team possible together out on the, out on the playground. And uh, so, yeah, that's, that's kind of the first time. And then I guess I was the coach or the team captain. Were you the player coach or were you directing from the sidelines purely at that point? Oh, definitely player coach. I mean, yeah, I, I, I gotta be involved in the action. All right. So let's talk about your official coaching journey then. Can you walk us through your stops and your journey and how it's led you to where you are now? Yeah. So, uh, so I graduated from UW-Milwaukee. I started off playing uh, at UW-Platteville for my dad. Uh, he ended up getting the job at UW-Milwaukee back in 99, 99-2000 was his uh, first year there. I stayed at Platteville to play for the new coach. And then uh that's a whole nother podcast about some of the stuff that went on there. I won't, I won't bore you with the details, but I wanted to try my luck at coach, uh, playing division one basketball. And I thought, you know, my dad's at that level. I'd love to coach at that level someday. So might as well go and uh, try my luck. And, you know, I happened to transfer there in my dad's second and final year as the head coach at Milwaukee. And so then I had one year left to play and that was for Bruce Pearl. So I, I played for three different coaches in college and, uh, you know, saw a lot, learned a lot, good and bad. And uh, so then after after I got done playing and I had one semester left to, to graduate and in the spring after uh, in like 2002, I believe, I was fortunate enough to move to Madison and uh, join my dad's staff as a video coordinator. Then I did that for two years. And then uh, two years later, I was the director of basketball operations for two years as well. And then after my second year, Coach Saul Phillips, who's a Wisconsin, he's a Reedsburg native, who some, some of you may know, he got the head job at North Dakota State. He took over for Tim Miles. He was Tim Miles' assistant for three seasons up there. And they had a really good team. And they actually came into the Kohl Center and beat us on a Saturday morning, uh, 
And they had a bunch of redshirt freshmen, guys that were really good and kind of unheard of. And they came in and beat the Badgers. And uh, that was when Greg Steensma and Marcus Landry became ineligible, unfortunately. So we were shorthanded, but uh, they caught us at the right time. And that kind of propelled Coach Miles' career a little bit. The following year, they went and beat Marquette. And then after that season, I was fortunate enough to go join Saul when, when Coach Miles got the Colorado State job. So I was up in uh, beautiful Fargo, North Dakota for seven years, seven cold years, but it was a lot of fun. And, and I learned a lot. Uh, had some really good teams up there in 2009 with, with those guys that uh, beat Wisconsin and Marquette. They were now 50-year seniors, a bulk of them were. And we went to the tournament in our first year of eligibility. Um, so that's that's a memory I'll never forget. Uh, in 2009, we... So we let had, me pause right there and I'm going to yeah. put in, tell me your favorite Mike Nelson story. <laughs> Mike Nelson and I go back, we played together as, or against each other as kids our whole lives. I love Mike Nelson and he played the hardest of anybody I've ever seen in my life on the court. And so I, when I talked to Coach Phillips, I asked him the same thing. So I have to ask you, tell me about Mike Nelson. I don't want to shed Mike in a, in a poor light, but I think... so. At a, at a young age, when him and uh, Ben Woodside, who is the all-time leading scorer in, in Bison history, they were rooming together early on in their college career, freshman, sophomore year. I wasn't there yet, but this is a story I had heard, uh, and this is how he got his nickname. So Ben Woodside said something along the lines of that that female is a is a dime, as in like a 10. And Mike Nelson did not know what he meant. So he, so Ben had to explain it to him. Then he got the nickname Dimer after that. So I arrive on campus and I, I had known Mike cause he, you know, he was at basketball camp and uh, Madison native. So I knew him as Mike. And then all of a sudden everybody's calling him Dimer. And then I find out what, why he got the nickname Dimer. So, and it's, it, it's kind of stuck. <laughs> All right. See, I knew I would get something. All, all right. I, I don't know uh, if you've heard that. I don't know if you heard that one. I, I hadn't heard that one. All right. So, so oh, yeah. we took off at NDSU. Next stop from there. So in 2013-14 season, we beat Oklahoma in the NCAA tournament when Buddy Heald and those guys were sophomores. Uh, we beat them in overtime out in Spokane, uh, lost to San Diego State in the second round. And then, uh, from there, Coach Phillips got the Ohio University job. And so I'm down at the Final Four down in uh, Jerry World, down in AT&T Stadium, when the Badgers lost to Kentucky, that, that first Final Four. And there's no reception down there. I don't know if you have to have AT&T in order to get reception in there, but I think I had Verizon. And so Saul's like, hey, keep your phone on. Because I knew he was interviewing for the Ohio job. And uh, I get a bunch of voicemails from him as soon as we get out you know, obviously I'm dejected because the Badgers uh you know just lost and to a you know team that they should have beaten Kentucky obviously they beat him the following year but uh I'm ticked off that the Badgers lose but then I'm also elated that you know Saul gets the job he wants me to go with him and uh so a week later I'm in I'm in Athens Ohio southeast Ohio and uh you know we inherited a group that 
Um, there's some, there were some decent players, but uh, then we brought in our own guys and, the, you know, we won 10 games and the following year we won 23. It was the biggest turnaround in program history. So five years there, unfortunately, uh, our best players, and this is no lie, like we had severe injuries and they all just happened like back to back to back to back. Our best players were dropping like flies. And so when your best players are injured, and can't get on the court and or are maybe on the young side, uh, Ben Vanderplas and a Jay Preston and a few of those guys, uh, it's hard to win. And the Mac was really old at the time. And like Buffalo had their run uh, with, uh, with Nate, well, Nate Oates followed Bobby Hurley. So they were loaded and they won the league a couple years in a row. And coach Phillips was not renewed, unfortunately. And then, uh, we had there the the cupboard was full, you know, for the next for the next staff, and I'm glad to see those guys take them in the NCAA tournament last year. Uh, that was that was cool to see. But so after that, I'm searching for a job. I'm looking high and low. I've in, I've interviewed. I'm applying to everything: head jobs, D three, D two, you name it. And uh, Saul said when he got the Northern State job, he said you can come out here, and I said. I think it's time that I, you know, try to get my head job or first head job. And uh, I was kind of, it's kind of burnt out on the Dakotas, the the cold winter. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm cold blooded. So I, 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 I'm used to it, but uh, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, I'm searching, like I said, high and low. And I ended up landing on my feet at Wheeling university out in West Virginia, which is about, little less than an hour south of Pittsburgh. It's right on the uh, Ohio and Pennsylvania border in the Northern Panhandle and uh, Northern Peninsula. And it, the school almost closed. It, it used to be called Wheeling Jesuit and the Jesuit community moved out and they, they cut a lot of programs and I was on pins and needles, you know, moving my wife and my three sons uh, back out to close to Athens, Ohio. We had moved back to Wisconsin for the summer and then luckily I got the job, got it in July and the school stayed open. We recruited, uh, I actually only had two graduate assistants, so I didn't have any full-time assistants and they were kind of, uh, they were, they were coming in as I was, you know, about a month on the job. So that first month I recruited 14 new players, um, in a matter of six weeks before school started. So naturally we were picked dead last in the conference. And, uh, you know, I, I love that group. I mean, I'll never forget that year I spent where, you know, it's just a bunch of guys that were hungry to play and threw them together. And we won, we went 14 and 13 and finished fifth in the league and had some, had some pretty big wins, but, uh, you know, I stay in touch with some of those guys to this day and it was, it was a blast and I learned a lot. Um, and then it's the heart of COVID. Uh, I'm sitting at home in my little home makeshift office and the Green Bay job opens. So I, you know, I throw my hat in the ring and luckily I was able to get an interview and it just kind of progressed from there. It was like three days of like speed dating. It was just boom, boom, one, one after another was able to get the job in June and in the heart of COVID. And so basically I tried to 
uh, expedite the process with all, with all the guys that were coming in, there was nine new kids coming in. And so I had to like, try to get to know them as fast as possible because I didn't want them to transfer out that late in the game and then try to have to recruit a, a whole roster again, like we did at Wheeling. So we inherited some, some quality kids, some, you know, it was a different style that the last staff played. And, uh, so naturally there's going to be, there's going to be, um, guys that are going to transfer, then you're still in COVID. You can't go out and recruit. You, you can't bring kids on campus. So you're doing a lot of screen time like you and I are doing. And usually most people are on their best behavior on zoom calls. And uh, so that's how you got to get to recruit these guys and then word of mouth. And then the video that you saw, we, we did a, a decent job with, with some of the, our, like, especially our young guys. And we had a really good young recruiting class. Uh, and then, uh, some of the guys, they didn't they didn't hit the their marks that you know we we envisioned they would hit, and you know we had a we had a rough year this year with a with a lot of close games, close losses, and uh, so now it's kind of through the transfer portal, and now it's in in essence rebuild mode. All right, so you mentioned speed dating there, and, and also only being able to recruit through Zoom. So if you could ask a recruit in person or in zoom, whatever, only one question you could ask them one question only to get a feel for if they're a good fit for you. What would you ask them? Sideline interactive delivers digital and led scoring tables and video boards that generate excitement in your gym and the ultimate game day experience for your players and fans. We provide you the blueprint and the game plan to generate $10,000 or more in sponsorship revenue every year. 95% of our schools generate enough advertising dollars during the first school year to pay for their purchase. Any school or college can qualify for no fee, no interest financing over two school years. We're ready and able to deliver your order to you within three to four weeks. The tables and boards can be used for any indoor sport, as well as watching game films, school assemblies, signing days, or any other event that is held in your gym. Visit sidelineinteractive.com or call 832-786-0302 to schedule a 15 to 30 minute live web demo to see our tables and boards in action and what these fantastic products can do for you. Or email sales at sidelineinteractive.com. A link to sidelineinteractive.com is in the show notes for today's episode. As many listeners know, I spent over six years as a general manager at Just the Game Fieldhouse in Wisconsin Dells. I was able to spend time talking hoops with coaches like Tom Izzo, along with high school and youth coaches, in addition to meeting some basketball legends, including my childhood favorite, Sam Elke, who is in the WBCA Hall of Fame and High School Basketball Museum, located at Just a Game Fieldhouse, which is a must-visit for any true hoop nerd. They also play host to the WBCA All-Star Games and Coaches Clinic every year. Just a Game hosts over 70 basketball and volleyball tournaments annually and is a great place to play for teams of all ages and ability levels. You can't beat all Wisconsin Dells has to offer in your free time. The Fieldhouse also has two sister companies in Just a Game Impressions and Just a Game Live. Just a Game Impressions specializes in customized screen printing and embroidery and promotional products. They serve businesses, schools, sports teams, and more. Just a Game Live takes pride in providing affordable and simple live streaming solutions for venues or programs of all kinds. Inquire today for more information. For more info on everything Just a Game has to offer, check them out at justagamefieldhouse.com. Well, that's a that's a good question. I would probably ask them. Maybe it sounds cliche. I don't know, but you know, are you coachable? That's uh, and just kind of see where they go with that. 
don't know. You can, I guess you could ask a lot of different things, but uh, you know, most of them are going to say, yeah. And then I'm going to tell them to elaborate. Uh, Cause that's the tricky part. Like guys don't know how, like how hard they have to work, no matter if it's division one, two, three, junior college, you name it, but can you take coaching, you know, in a, in a, uh, in constructive criticism? You know, I tell our guys, we're going to be demanding without being demeaning. Correction is not criticism, but yet some guys don't understand that part of it. They think if you tell them to uh, shot fake or ball fake that you're criticizing them. So, yeah, I guess that would be that would be a huge question. If you're really trying to like, if that's the only question you could ask them, I don't know, maybe maybe ask them their favorite food or <laughs> I don't know. Do you have any favorites? I think you hit it on the head, but one of the things that, that I always went to was more so about off the court stuff, like what their interests are, because yeah. that kind of led you into a little bit more of, you know, if they would be a good fit for, for you and your personality, as well as the head coach, um, you know, learned that after the first year, the first year, I probably went more towards basketball stuff, but then quickly learned that the other stuff is, is really more important. It is probably going to take you further than uh, any sort of metric from a basketball standpoint. True. No, that's good. All right. So over the course of your journey assistant and head jobs, I'm curious if there's something that you believed early in your career that now you have changed because you've been presented or learned new information about something from a basketball standpoint or a leadership standpoint with your teams. Kind of, I guess, to touch on, you know, this whole transfer portal thing, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a pretty positive guy when it comes to trying to take any group and and make them better. So I always thought, you know, if, if I become a head coach, you know, the big thing to me was roster retention, but trying to get to know, get to know the guys, try to keep them there. Cause you looking back, it was always like, oh, okay, let's try to keep as many guys there, get them to adapt, you know, to, to our way of doing things. And, making them the best, most well-rounded players we possibly can. Uh, but then, but then we got to Ohio and there were kids that maybe didn't share the same values as, as myself and coach Phillips and the rest of the staff. So then it's like, then when you talk to other coaches, they're like, yep, got to get your own guys in, got to get your own guys in. So that really sort of tried to take that to heart. And, um, you know, I'm not in the the business of trying to push people away or out. That's that's not in my nature. But when we got the job here in June, and like I said, how it was, we didn't want a mass exodus and of guys leaving, so that we were, you know, just trying to scramble last minute. So you're like, you're, you're positive that you can get these guys to buy in and, uh, you know, learn a, a different style. You know, become better defensively, become better at taking care of the ball and. Um, everything in between. And so, yes, I've kind of changed in that regard where it would be nice if you get the job, maybe in a little more timely fashion so that you can get to know those guys on a, on a more personal basis. I didn't, we didn't have the chance, we didn't have a choice, but uh, getting to know them better, studying their work habits, how they act, on and off the floor how are they with their um with their studies you know are they going to class are they are they taking care of business 
finding out those things so that you can make those hard decisions to where, hey, this guy shares the same vision or similar vision to us, or this guy is not, not going to work. So I guess I've, I've changed my tune in that regard and talking to more coaches and they keep, you know, preaching that to me is got to get your own guys in, get your own guys in. And, um, like I said, it's, it's not one of those where it's like you come in and it's like, all right, let's see who we can get rid of today. That's not, that's not how we think it's, it just happens, you know, and now the transfer portal makes it so much easier, you know, where guys are like, well, I don't want to run the hill in the preseason or I don't want to box out. I don't want to be fundamentally sound. And they just, yeah, I don't think I want to, I don't, I don't want to do that. So I'm going to, I'm going to transfer or I think I can be better somewhere else. Or I like the weather down South better. You know, everybody's got their reasons. So. Yeah. The grass always appears to be greener on the other side. And, and that's the world where we're in yeah. right now. So you mentioned the retention part there. So I'm curious, this next question will play into that a little bit. But you're taking 18, 19 year old boys and moving them into men by the time they leave your program, you know, if, if they start with you and finish with you. I'm curious, what's something that you do with them that you think makes the biggest impact for them in their maturation process so they can become successful when they leave you? I guess is this, you mean something I said or, or no, I say, like some, or something do. you do with them or something that's part of your program that you think helps them build a habit to be successful later on. Well, I, I kind of touched on it with about running hills like that. You know, a lot of a lot of programs they do, um, you know, they'll do their early on in the process. They, they do like uh, military type stuff where, you know, where they're out and they do ropes courses and team bonding, team building things. Um, Hell week or whatever, whatever they call it. And so with us, I, I've stayed true to to the way my dad did things and we, we run the hill and uh, you know, that's, that's a true test of your character and your endurance and physical mental strength. Uh, that's, that's a huge piece. And the guys bond really well uh, doing, doing that. And then we do, we do a lot of like uh, agility drills. So Monday, Thursday, we run the hill Tuesday, Fridays, we do agilities and then we've got our basketball workouts in there. And uh, so you kind of, you get them on, try to get them on the same page right off the bat. And we're all in this together. Um, you know, cause guys are coming from different backgrounds and, uh, different places, different parts of the country. Um, we, most of our kids are from the Midwest or from Wisconsin, but, uh, you know, you try to get them together, um, where they're, where they're trying to achieve, you know, a common goal. Uh, and the, the hill is, is kind of the first test. Uh, but then, you know, as you progress and you, you know, you get into the basketball side of things and uh, you know, we, we talk about sacrificing, you know, sacrificing for the good of the group, the good of the team. Uh, most more often than not, everybody who walks through that door, it was their best, was the best player on their high school team or their junior college team, or had a lot of stats and accolades. And so you try to, you try to get them to check their ego at the door and, you know, explain to them that, Hey, this, this isn't just about you. It's about everybody in this room. And uh, we're all here for you know, the same, the same goal. And, you know, those individual accolades, those will come. Uh, 
if we're winning and we're, we're doing the things that, uh, that we're supposed to do. All right. So looking forward to next year, can you tell us a little bit about if myself, someone were going to come watch Phoenix basketball next year, what are they going to see on the court? Uh, they're gonna see a lot of new faces. <laughs> we got, we got hit with the transfer portal, uh, guys entering the portal and, uh, Unfortunately, there's a lot of guys that are still stuck in the portal. So hopefully they find something. But uh, no, we've we, we've got a new cast of characters. Um, but but uh, we got a couple core guys that that played for us this past year. Uh, and Cade Meyer from from Monroe, he's going to be a he's going to be forced to be to be reckoned with. Uh, Nate Jenkins, who originally walked on at Iowa State, uh, he's from Kettle Moraine high school and then uh he by the time the year was over he was starting for us and uh you know he did some really positive things and uh Braden Daly from Cuba City he redshirted he was the best shooter on our team and I kept joking with him all year I'm gonna pull your redshirt because he's he's lighting it up in practice on the scout team and uh and we 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 got down to we had seven guys for a big chunk of the year so trying to practice was was really really hard uh so Knock on wood, we have a full, healthy roster of 15, maybe 16 guys. So hopefully you'll see that if you if you walk in the gym and you know guys are guys are competitive, getting after each other and you know making each other better. But we should be much deeper and uh, more experienced. We were the third most uh, inexperienced team in the country this past year. Uh, so. When we get into those tight games, we lost uh, we lost nine games by seven points or less. So hopefully, when we get in those close games, our guys with that are you know have that experience uh, under their belt can help us get over the hump. Uh, but from an offensive defensive standpoint, I think I always have to have the swing in my back pocket. So uh, some people love it, some people hate it, some people are lukewarm with it. Uh, but, you know, we have wrinkles out of it and set plays and stuff that I've taken from my dad and other other sets and wrinkles that we've put in on our own. Uh, but I'm I'm a fan of different motion, you know, four out, one in, five out. Uh, if you watch the Golden State Warriors now, I don't think we're going to have Steph or Clay, but we we've got some guys that can maybe catch fire uh, in regards to, you know, you know, hitting multiple threes like those guys can. So, you know, some five, uh, we call it warriors action, just based off of, of them. So add some of that into the mix, uh, you know, some dribble handoff action, uh, trying to dribble handoff and roll our big into the post. Cause Cade Meyer, we want to feed him and, uh, you know, play inside out, touch the post. Like I said, get to the free throw line, uh, we got to shoot more free throws and I, and I, and we, we we're bringing in some guys that are capable of getting it to the front of the rim and scoring, playing off two feet better and, uh, drawing contact and getting to the line. So, awesome. and then, you know, everybody, everybody says they want to run a little more, but yeah, I, I, I would like, I would like to push the pace a little bit. I like easy baskets, um, but you don't want it. You don't want it to turn into a track meet and then it's, uh, you know, a lot of errant, quick shots which lead to runouts and layups at the other end yeah so. th- that was a big thing last year that, that i noticed <laughs> and a lot of coaches talked about was 
making their shot selection as part of their transition defense. And I think that was huge. And it's a big part that that is so true. And if you watch the NBA playoffs, it's, it's really apparent as well. So, all right, I'm going to get you out of here on a non-basketball related question, completely off subject. So use your imagination a bit. And if you open a refrigerator and you look inside of it, what one item inside that refrigerator best identifies with who you are as a person and why? <laughs> oh, wow. Well, it's got to be it's got to be dairy, either either milk or cheese. I mean, because that's everybody's well, at least our uh, refrigerators loaded with that stuff. with three growing boys that uh, eat us out of house and home. Yeah. I mean, I guess just (laughs) being a cheese head, uh, you look in there and there's cheese. I, I, I love cheese just as much as anyone and it goes with everything. Uh, And yeah, any type of dairy milk. I grew up drinking a ton of milk and like I was telling you before, my oldest son who broke his leg, I guess he didn't drink enough milk. Uh, Although he does drink a lot, but I guess it, Maybe that's uh, maybe that's just a myth that it that it helps your bones. So I think it does. Yeah, you're gonna get in trouble with the dairy board of Wisconsin <laughs> if you if you start underselling. I know. I know. No, it does it does a body good, as they say. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. <laughs> Way to cap it off, Coach Ryan. Thanks for coming on the Hoop Nerds and sharing with us. And we look forward to watching Phoenix basketball as you get into some progression and some more success as your time continues there. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. 